Church, we're going to be continuing in our sermon series entitled Emmanuel. And we're talking about the, the presence of God in the different seasons of life because, you know, we, we experience God in different ways based on what's going on around us. I want to remind you what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says this, it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Today we're going to be talking about how God is with us in the storm and, and church. You're either coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or I hate to tell you this, there's a storm coming. <laughs> because life can be difficult, can it not? It can be very difficult. And, but today I want to ask the question, and maybe a lot of you guys have asked at times in your storms, where is God in the middle of my storm? Where is he in the middle of my storm? You know, in my lifetime, I, I've seen a lot of hurricanes, you know, just on the news, never lived through one, never been in one. But I've seen all these hurricanes that do horrific damages. You know, I've seen Hurricane Andrew, Hugo, Katrina. I've seen all these things that, that have happened in my life. And, and what I find very amazing is why is it that we name these horrible storms after people? Think about that for a minute. In 1954, United States meteorologists, somebody had this thought process. They decided that they would, they would name the storms after their wives and their girlfriends. Well, think about this. So there's a storm coming, and it's going to create horrific devastation, that it's going to devastate the area, leaving billions of dollars in damages. And these guys are going to look at their wife or their girlfriend and say, honey, I love you so much that I'm going to name this storm, this horrific storm after you. I don't think it's real smart nor romantic on their part, but who knows what they were thinking. But some of you right now, you're in the middle of a storm in your life. You've got a storm going on right now that you might be tempted to name that storm. Maybe that storm is storm depression. Maybe it's a storm divorce. Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a relational storm. Whatever it is, church, whatever storm that you're in right now, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of these storms, and it's real. I mean, the pain is real, and, and we want that storm to go away, don't we? So what do you do when you're in the middle of a storm? Well, unfortunately, a lot of people, they, they blame God for the storm. They blame God for that storm that, that they're in, and, or they question, like, God, where are you at? Where are you at with everything I'm going through right now? Or, or you know, they say, God, why are you allowing this even? God, if you love me, why are you letting me go through these things? Or they make the statement, I don't understand where God is in all of this. Where's he at? Well, church, I want you to get something out of the sermon today. If you don't get anything else, please make sure you get this. You can even write it down. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. I want you to hear that again. Never let the presence of a storm, whatever storm you're going through, don't ever let the presence of that storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. Today, our main text is going to come from Acts chapter 27. So if you want to turn to that and, and hang tight with me there, this is a story of a storm right here. And so there's some men. These men were on a boat with Paul. Paul was now a prisoner, and they were taking him off. And then there's this massive, crazy storm that comes up. 
The Bible calls it a nor'easter, and this storm went on for several days. I mean, the storm was brutal. It, it was beating this ship, and, and it went on for several days. And the Bible says that they were so afraid that they began to throw the cargo overboard. They were going to throw that cargo overboard, and then later the storm continued to increase in size and magnitude, and then later they decided they were going to throw all the tackle, all the rigging of the ship into the water just to lighten the load so maybe that they could save themselves. And this storm was so crazy. They didn't think that they were going to make it or survive. If you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 27, I want you to check out what it says in verse 20. It says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Church, these guys gave up all hope. How many of you have ever felt that in your life? Maybe it's right now. I mean, you're going through this storm. Maybe it's the past. Maybe it's the present, whatever it is. You're going through this storm, and and you just feel like giving up. You're like, I can't do it anymore. I can't take this. I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just can't do it anymore. It seemed like it just wouldn't stop, right? And some of you, you've been through those storms where it has that pile-on effect. You know what I'm talking about? This one thing happens, and then like the three-ring circus starts, right? Then this thing happens, and it just keeps piling on top of each other. And you're just like, man, I can't take any more. You know, God, you told me that you would never let anything happen to me that I couldn't handle, and I can't take it. I hear that phrase a lot of people where they say, you know, I, I just gave up hope. I gave up hope. You know, there's no way that our marriage will make it or, or there's no way that we can climb out of this financial debt. There, there's no way that, that, that I'm not going to be alone for the rest of my life or we're never going to be able to conceive or I'll never be able to afford college, whatever it might be. These people, I've seen it so many times in church, maybe you've experienced it yourself, that you have just given up all hope. See, and that storm continues to rage. And these people on the ship with Paul gave up all hope. Check out verse 21 of Acts chapter 27. It says, after they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete, then you would have spared yourselves the damage and the loss. Church, how many times in your life have you heard someone pull what Paul just did right there? And they say, I told you so. And you just want to smack them. Right? You know it's true. Don't do it. I hope you haven't smacked him. But you know you felt that urge to. And and so someone says something to you. And maybe if they don't even say that I told you so, they kind of look at you and go, "Mm mm-hmm. You get a little smirky smile on their face, right? Like, yeah, I know it was coming. I could hear it. Or or maybe even they smile smile at you real big and say, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. As you're going through these things. And so nobody likes to hear, right, that I told you so. Nobody likes to hear that. But you know what? Almost every single one of us, we find ways to say it, don't we? When the shoe's on the other foot. Well, listen, Paul was not taunting them when he was saying, I told you so. That's not what Paul was doing here. He was reminding them with God's guidance that he predicted this problem. That God said that they shouldn't do it. But you know what? Hey, This is what's going to happen, but is what God wanted to happen, right? Paul was supposed to do something. So why are, well, why were they in the middle of that storm, church? Why were they in the middle of the storm? They were in the middle of the storm because it was their fault. 
The Bible tells, if you read Acts chapter 27, that the, the centurion and, and the pilot, they made the decision. They made the decision to go out in an environment that was too risky. They should not have gone. They were advised not to do it, but yet they decided they would do it anyways. And church, have you ever noticed in Christian circles, we love to use and blame the enemy for everything, don't we? We do. We love to blame the enemy like, it's the devil's fault. Yeah, I'm going through this because it's the devil's fault, or the devil did this, or the devil did that. And you know what? Sometimes, church, it's just your own dumb fault is what it is. It really is. It hurts to hear it, doesn't it? But it's true. It's your own fault that it's happening. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because you spent too much money. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because you procrastinated. You, you put something off. You knew you should have did it, but you kept putting it off. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because everybody else told you. They told you. Don't you date that person, right? Your mama told you not to. Your daddy told you not to. Your best friend said, don't date them. Your preacher even told you not to date them. But you said that person, they got so much potential, right? Yeah, they got potential to ruin your life is what they got potential for. (laughs) But in all seriousness, church, you know what? Sometimes we're in the middle of a storm because it's our own fault. Maybe that's why these guys were giving up hope because it was their own fault. They, They had no hope because they knew that they shouldn't have did it. You know what, church, for me personally, for me personally, it's easier. It's easier to believe that God will get me out of a storm if he is the one that brought me into the storm than it is for me to believe that he would get me out of the storm if it's a storm I got myself into. And being in ministry, I've heard it so many times that where people make the statement like, yeah, it's my own fault. I don't, I don't deserve to be rescued. I don't deserve to be saved. But I want you to know that's not the God we serve. Yes. You know, the storm continued to rage here for these guys, and they gave up all hope. And then there were some people on that boat too, church. It wasn't even their fault. They, they were just following orders. It wasn't even their fault. And how many of you have you ever been in the middle of a storm in your life that it wasn't your fault at all? It really wasn't. You were just a victim of circumstance, maybe even collateral damage. You know, don't point to the person who's sitting beside you and say, yeah, it's your fault that I'm here. I'm talking about things happen. Maybe when you're a kid, your parents divorce. It's not your fault. You know, maybe the company that you work for, they made some very bad decisions and now they're downsizing. You don't have a job. It's not your fault. Maybe you trusted somebody. You believed their intentions were good towards you, but they weren't. They deceived you. It's not your fault. Where the case might be, church, you might just be in the middle of a storm where you just honestly want to give up hope. And that's exactly what is happening here on this ship that Paul's on. The storm continued to rage, and these guys gave up hope. But I want to remind you, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. Check out verse 22 with me, Acts chapter 27, verse 22. It says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. So Paul tells them, like, hey, I told you so. Should listen to me. But then he says this, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. 
because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. So he's saying, you know what? Keep up your courage. You keep up your faith. It seems like the chips are down. It seems like nothing good's going to happen here, but you know what? It's going to be okay. You're going to make it, and it is important that you keep your faith and you keep your courage. Verse 23 says this, so Paul went on to tell him that, and he says this, Last night an angel of the God whom I belong and who I serve stood beside me. You know what, church? I like that verse right there. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there are angels among us. It's true. There really are. There, there is a battle that's going on around you that you can't even see. They, they are defending and they are fighting the enemy. You know, in Psalm chapter 91, verse 11, it says this. It says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. In all your ways. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that one, that one of the functions of the angels is to watch over the believers. So church, there really and truly are, there are angels among us, and that is amazing to me, that as you are in the middle of your storm, that God's presence is with you in that very moment. There are angels watching over you. There are many ways as believers that God can be with us. There really is. There's many ways. He might be with you in the form of an angel, like Paul was discussing right there. You know, he, he is with you in the form of his spirit, his Holy Spirit that is available to all of us believers who takes up residence inside of our hearts. And if you are a follower, remember, if you are a follower, he is living inside of you. He's living inside of you. He, he goes before you. Do you realize that God, your God is already in tomorrow taking care of it? Sometimes I don't think we give God enough credit, do we? We sit there and think like, God, I don't know if you can do anything. He can do anything, church. And we, we categorize him the same way as we do ourselves, that he's only functioning in this minute. But listen, he's functioning in your future as well because God already knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He already knows all these things. He is not bound by time. Church, he is hearing your prayers, and he is comforting your hurts, and he is directing you when you're lost and hurting. He's directing you. So Acts chapter 27 verse 23 says this, so for last night an angel of the Lord, I'm angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And then verse 24, he, he said this church, he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God is in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Church, this angel came to him to comfort him. This angel came to him to strengthen him, to give him courage, to know that, hey, God's plan is still going to happen. It's still going to move forward no matter what is going on around you. It might seem like it's not going to happen. It might seem like it's not going to work, but God is good, and he is divine, and he's making a way even when there seems to be no way. So again, I want to tell you, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. You know, today I want to give you a bonus verse, church. I ain't going to charge you nothing for it. This is free. This is free. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 says this. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. 
May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Man, I love right there in verse 17 where he says, but the Lord stood at my side and he gave me strength. He gave him strength. Church, whatever storm you're in right now, he hasn't left you all alone in your storm. He is not. He hasn't left you alone in your storm. He's right beside you, and and he wants to give you strength. But here's the thing, church. So many of you, you won't take him up on that. He's trying to give you strength. He's trying to give you courage. He's even trying to give you peace, but you're not taking it from him. He's offering it, but you aren't taking it from him. I love in the Old Testament when David said this. He said this. He said, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. He's right there. But sometimes you've got blinders on, don't you? You're not looking properly. You're not paying attention to his work. You're not recognizing, man, that he's doing something Because you're one of those people, you don't like surprises, do you? You're like, God, I want to know exactly what you're going to do tomorrow. And he said, no, trust me. You take one step ahead every single day, one foot in front of the other. You trust me. Lean not into your own understanding, but you acknowledge me in every way, and I'll make your path straight is what he tells us. It's all about who is right beside you, church. It's all about who's right beside you. Man, remember in high school and junior high when you played dodgeball in gym class? I know Beaver Local, the, the guys, they separated you and, and you from the girls. You didn't, get to, you didn't get to hit the girls. The girls didn't get to hit you with the dodgeball back then. But um, we would play dodgeball, and I loved it, man, church. I loved it so much. When I would get on a team and there was this big dude, I mean like the big dude. You know what I'm talking about? The kid has been shaving since he was in fourth grade. I loved it when he was on my team because you know what? I buddied up to him because I was about a buck and a half too short for my age, but I had a big mouth. I would run my mouth. And so, you know what? I would stand right beside that guy because he would deflect the ball when it was coming. I was on his team. And I'd sit there and run my mouth. Is that all you people got? You know what? I'm with him. And I would run my mouth because it wouldn't matter who was beside me. It gave me confidence. It gave me courage. It gave me strength to know that that dude's beside me. But then here's what would happen. Sometimes he'd get out. Man, they'd love to pick on the little dude with the big mouth. Everybody was aiming for you at that point. But church, do you realize that he is in the boat with you? That he is right beside you. And that really does. It should give you confidence. It it should change your posture. It should change your demeanor. It should change everything about you knowing where your strength comes from. You don't have what it takes. I'm serious, you don't. But he does. So when you recognize this, church, even when you're in the presence of the storm, that he is right beside you, that's a game changer. It changes everything. So the God who is right beside you, church, he's strengthening you. He's encouraging you. And if you let him, he will give you peace. It's all about who is in the boat in the middle of the storm with you. I love the story of the other storm in the New Testament, right? The disciples, they're in that boat with Jesus. And this big storm creeps up. Jesus, he's sleeping down below. 
He's sleeping on the, uh, below deck and the storm comes up and the disciples, they did exactly what you and I typically do when the storm hits us, don't we? We, we, we have these knee-jerk reactions and we panic. We freak out and we're like, this isn't fair. You know, we're all going to die. Why don't you care, God? God, why aren't you doing anything to protect me? Why aren't you doing something? You know, I don't like this. And where is all this going to end up? And I love, I can just get this image in my head, Jesus coming up from below deck and just looking at all the scene that's going on. The, the wind is raging. The waves are just crashing over the boat. All his boys are all just freaking out and acting like little babies. And he says, he says this, why are you so afraid you have little faith? You know I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. And, and then I love this. Jesus said, peace, be still. Maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. See, all those guys immediately experienced peace in that boat. They experienced that peace. And the reason they experienced that peace is because Jesus was in the boat, church. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's where you're going to find peace. It's not in this life that, you know, I, I don't want any storms. Nobody wants storms. That's not what's going to bring you peace, a, a, a life absent of storms, because if you believe that that's going to happen, you are so naive. Real peace isn't found in that trouble-free life, man. I see so many baby Christians, you know, they accept Christ, they're baptized, and, and they're, they're starting this new life that God gave them. And then when things happen, they're like, I must have did something wrong. You know, preacher, maybe you didn't hold me under long enough when you baptized me because things ain't working well for me. I'll wait till the bubbles if you want me to, okay? But seriously, they have this thought process. It's when I give my life to Jesus that everything's going to be good. But I had someone who recently accepted Christ. And I tell everybody, you know, I say, listen, the enemy's going to ramp up against you now. Yeah. Because he, 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 he's afraid he lost you. Yeah. So he's going to do everything he has to come after you. And I had someone tell me just recently that you weren't kidding. I got all this crazy going on in my life right now. And, and, and I said, that's the enemy. He's coming back after you because he's not happy that he lost you. But you know what, church? You'll never have that trouble-free life. Following Jesus doesn't mean that, that bad days aren't going to happen because they are. It, it's called life. And, and when you believe that or someone has preached that, because I, I, I see all this prosperity gospel being preached out there, and, and that's not truth. That's bad theology is what that is. Jesus told us, right, in this life you will have troubles. He told you that you were going to experience all those things. And that's bad theology when you believe that. But like I just said, Jesus tells us in John 16, verse 33, he says, this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. You understand? He's saying in me. He said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Church, he says that he has overcome the world. You are going to have these battles. You are going to have these problems. But he's saying, you know, take heart. This battle that you're going through, it's no surprise to Jesus. He knew it was going to happen. He said, you take heart. 
because I've overcome the world. You know, you learn as far back as kindergarten in school, right? How amazing it is to be on the winning team. You play kickball on the playground, man. You want to be on the team that's going to win. And you celebrate like you won a million dollars, didn't you? When the victory lasts for, what, 15 minutes when it's over. Who cares? And you go through life always wanting to be on the winning team. And and I've got to be on the winning team. But he's saying that on this earth, you're going to have battles. And sometimes the battles are hard. You get bruised. You get cut. You get beat down. But here's the thing. I love the fact that every single one of us can know what happens in the end of the war. The battle might be tough and you don't know exactly how it's going to go, but every single one of you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you know how it ends. There's no secret. There's no surprise. You know how it ends. If you are on the winning team, that means you will be victorious. No matter how many bruises, no matter how many cuts, no matter how many times you got knocked down. You know. You know whose side that you're on. And you know the end of the war and what it brings, church. I want to take you back to Acts 27, and I want to remind you what it said in verse 23, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood right beside me. I get this image in my mind, this angel standing right beside him, and you know what, church? The angel standing right beside you, hey, you can't go down in this battle. You can't. You're not going to go down in this battle because, you know, I've got things for you to do. I got things for you to do. You got more battles that I need you to fight. You know, some of you need to hear this this morning that you are still here because you need to bless someone. God's not finished with you yet. And I love this. You know what? If you're not dead, you're not done yet. Seriously, if you're not dead, you're not done. You still have a battle to fight. You still have things to do. God is calling on all of us. See, God has more people for you to love. God has more people for you to serve. And the more times that he calls you out to be a blessing to somebody else is the time that you can experience his presence, church. You can experience his presence. You're not going down on this church. The ship might sink, but that storm's not going to take you out. You're still going to make it. You're still going to do what it is that God has called you to do. See, that storm did not surprise God one bit. That storm that that Paul went through, it didn't surprise God at all. He knew it was going to happen. And the storm that you're in right now, or the storm that's coming your way, it's no surprise to God. Uh, What it is, is you need to realize something. You need to realize and see that he's doing something in you. He's doing something in you. He's strengthening you. He's deepening your roots, church. You know, these storms we just had the past couple of days, when I was driving home the other day, I saw this pine tree. I mean, the wind took it out. And I don't know if you know anything about pine trees. Their roots are shallow. And so this pine tree got knocked over by the wind, and all you just see was just laying outside. You see this big clump of dirt right there. But you know what that oak tree that was standing right beside it? Its roots go deep. It is strong. It is solid. That wind did not knock that oak tree out. Because its roots are deep, and the same is with you, church. He is deepening your roots when you're going through something. You recognize the fact that he is deepening your roots, that you are learning more, that you are understanding more, and he is strengthening you. And see, church, when you are through that storm that you're going through, 
Maybe you can help somebody else with it. I love God's blessing when I'm going through something, and man, it seems brutal. God will send somebody to me, and they'll be like, hey, man, I went through that same thing. And I look, I'm like, you look normal right now. (laughs) Yeah. God saw me through, and then they explained to me, here's what happened, and here's how I handled it, and here's where God's blessing was, and here's where God worked his hand in it. And he wants to do that with you. Maybe it's you've survived unfaithfulness in your marriage. Guess what? Somebody else can survive that too. You know, maybe you overcame financial hardships, and and guess what? Somebody else can overcome them too. Maybe it's because you were in bondage to some addiction, but now you're free. Guess what? The same spirit that is now in you can also set somebody else free. He will do those things. But here's what you have to do, church. You have to have faith. I have to have faith in God. I have to have faith in God that he will see it through. I have to have faith that God's word and what he says he's going to do, that he will do it. We have to have faith in that. I have to have faith that he will provide. I have to have faith, church, that he will bring healing. I have to have faith, church, that I will experience peace. I'm talking about that peace. The Bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding. Everyone's going to look at you and like, I don't understand why you're so calm. Because God's doing something. See, church, you can't control when that storm blows up. You can't. A lot of times we're not prepared for the storm, are we? You can't control the severity of the storm that you go through of life. But I tell you what, you can control some things. You can control the fact that what you believe and where you put your faith. Those are the things that you can control. My faith is in the one, church, who created the wind and the waves. He created that. And we have to have faith in him. My faith is in God. My faith is in God and he, what he says will, church, come to pass. So this morning, as I ask the praise team to come back up here, when we get ready to close out, I want to share with you one last, a few last verses from God's word. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3, it says this, God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And I want to remind you, church, God should be and can be your refuge and your strength. He is with us. Church, I want you to know he's right by your side. Whatever storm that you're going through today is right by your side. And so who is he? He is Emmanuel. That is God with us. Church, true peace. True peace is found in the presence of Emmanuel. That's where you're going to find your true peace. Your peace is not going to come and your friends you surround yourself with. Your peace is not going to come through your checkbook. Your peace is not going to come from anything that man can make. Your true peace is going to be found in Emmanuel. That is God with us. And maybe this morning, there's some of you like, Preacher, I want some of that peace. I want that peace. I want that peace that passes all understanding. And maybe to you today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you are in constant turmoil. You're like, why has my life got hurricane after hurricane and, and I can't make it through? Maybe the reason is because you're not finding your peace 
You're not finding your strength. You're not finding your courage where it can be found. And that is in Christ and Christ alone. So this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I mean, you're sitting there, you're going like, preacher, I love everything you're saying. It, it makes sense, but guess what? I don't think that's for me because I can't have any of that. You have no idea what I've done in my life. <laughs> it don't matter what you've done. The guy that was on the boat, Paul, <laughs> that boy was the bad of the bad. God can take you right where you're at today. I'm talking about he can clean you up. He can pick you up out of the muck and mire and place you on solid ground and send you on your way to live the life that he created for you. But you've got to accept him. And it comes down to this, church. Not just nonchalantly accepting him. I'm talking about you're all in. You're saying, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything that I have. And then you live what he called you to live. So if that's for you, I want to encourage you, come forward today. Let the elders still pray with you. Maybe you don't fully understand all we're talking about, but you know you want some peace. You know you want to have peace of knowing where you're going to be someday. Because everybody in this room is going to take your last breath unless Jesus comes back tomorrow. To have peace in knowing where it's all going to end for you. You want to talk about peace. Peace of knowing that you have an eternity waiting for you. So if that is for you today, you come forward. Let us walk you through those steps. And for the rest of you believers, some of you guys have been going through the storm and you don't have the strength and courage you used to. That's because you took your eye off the prize. I'm talking about you are not recognizing your heavenly father for who he should be in your life. You're not depending on him. You're not recognizing his hands at work. You're not seeing the things that he's doing. And you're sitting there acting like the disciples on the boat when the storm came up, running around, freaking out, saying, I don't know what I can do anymore. But guess what? He's saying, I'm right here beside you. Turn and look at me. Recognize the fact that I am with you, that I will walk this with you, that we can get through this together. Because I will strengthen you. I will encourage you. And I'm going to give you the peace that you need to make through it. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. But I want to encourage you to respond this morning.